All right, before, we, um, before I get to the message, uh, I want to make a couple of comments about what's going on in our nation right now. We really need to pray uh, for our nation because there's an incredible attack of the enemy against us. I spent uh, over an hour on the phone this last week, week with um, pastors, Christian leaders, senators uh, about what we could do uh, in our nation right now. Monday, I'll be with um, some of the most influential pastors in America. Uh, we've kind of called an emergency meeting. And so I'll fly to Los Angeles, actually, and uh, Monday morning, fly back Monday night, and we'll spend the day in prayer and talk about how we, as pastors of some of the largest churches in America, how what we can do to help uh, our nation right now. But I, I, wanna, I, I think it's time for us to take a stand. And I think it's time for us to make it clear as Christians, as Christians, we need to make it clear. So, so I'm, a, I'm gonna make it clear for you, all right? The KKK, white supremacy, and racism are straight from the pit of hell. They are from the pit of hell. There is no place for racism in Christianity. None. God created us equal. When he created Adam and Eve, he created us one, and then he does another oneness in Christ. But we are no better than someone else, and what's going on right now in our country is, is the enemy attacking, and we need to stand up, and we need to say something about it. So I want us to take a moment and pray for our, our nation. Will you, will you agree with me? So Lord, we come to you as your sons and your daughters, and God, we say to you, we need your help. Lord, only you can do it, only you can fix it, and you told us what the answer is, and that is to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so, Lord, I pray for a revival in this country. I pray, God, what Satan means for evil, you will turn it for good. And I pray, God, the hatred and the racism that has been present for years will end with this generation that we will take a stand and we will end it in the name and the power and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. All right, I want to share with you a message today um, called Just Do It. So I'm, I'm going to borrow Nike's phrase, but part of this phrase is actually in the Bible, and it was said by Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, if you want to turn to John chapter 1, I'll be at John 1, John 2, and John 4 in the message. John 1 would be the most scripture, but let me just show you. In John 2, it's the first miracle Jesus ever did. It's when he turned water into wine at a wedding, and his mother came and said, they're out of wine, and he said, well, my time has not yet come. Then she turned to the servants and look at John 2, verse 5, his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. So she said, do it, and then Nike added just, okay? So I just want you to know, <laughs> let's in the Bible first, just do it. And I've got three points today, uh, like I normally do, um, and I'm going to tell you the three, and, and we're going to go through them, but we're going to end up with, with witnessing. And before that, inviting, but before that, talking. 
So in other words, if you're not ready to witness yet, that's okay. I just want you to invite people, and then if you're not ready to even invite people, I just want you to talk to people. So we're going to, so here's, here's point number one. It sounds kind of strange, but just talk to people. Just talk to people. Maybe you're not ready to talk about theology and ecclesiology and eschatology or any other ology. Maybe you don't care about ologies. I don't know. It's okay. Maybe you don't know um, how to explain the Bible and dinosaurs. Maybe you don't know how that goes together yet. Uh, maybe you've only been a believer for a short time. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm saying to you, maybe you're, you, you say, well, I'm, I'm just not ready for all those hard questions. Okay, that's okay. Just talk to people. I'm not even saying invite them to church yet. I mean, just point one is just talk to people. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be very practical with you today. So I'm, I'm going to teach you how to do each of these things. So the first one, just talk to people. Everyone watch very carefully now, all the campuses. You ready? Hey. And if, you're, if that's too much for you, then just start there. Look for opportunities. Uh, open doors for people. Smile at people. Um, you can even do, when I, in East Texas, we have a word, a greeting, that combines the word hi and the word howdy. It's Heidi. You ever heard, have you ever heard that? Heidi. I can't, I, the other day I was actually in East Texas driving and, I, and, I, and it just came out of me. I said to someone, Heidi. <laughs> oh, Heidi. I haven't said that in South Lake in a long time. <laughs> but just, just talk to people. Now, I, I'm gonna tell you something and it's not for the reason you think, so I'm gonna clarify that. I can talk to anyone, anywhere, anytime. I have that ability, but you do too. That's not because I'm uh, choleric or outgoing, because actually I'm not. I'm actually not those things. The reason, though, that I can talk to anyone, anywhere, anytime, is because I have a secret. I know every person's favorite subject. <laughs> Listen, dude, because <laughs> you know what your favorite subject is. It's you, right? And I, I mean, the other day I was talking to a guy, he kept telling me about his grandchildren. I didn't want to hear about his grandchildren. I wanted to tell him about my grandchildren. <laughs> his grandchildren are not my favorite subject. My grandchildren are my favorite subject, and my grandchildren are much better looking and much more talented than his grandchildren. <laughs> and if he would have just shut up, I could have told him and showed him the pictures and everything, you know. So it's easy to talk to people. Uh, it's very, just ask questions. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Uh, do you have children? Do you have grandchildren? Get ready for pictures. Uh, do you, you know, oh, here's a good one. Do you know of any good churches in the area? And when they say no, you say, I happen to know. <laughs> just talk to them. Jesus did this everywhere he went. John chapter four, verse seven. A woman, a Samaritan, came to draw water. Jesus said to her, would you give me a drink of water? Can I tell you something? He could have gotten his own water. He could have made it come out of a rock. What was he doing? He was starting a conversation. 
He wanted to get her, and he did, just read the conversation, he wanted to talk to her about living water. So he just started the conversation. So, so just, just talk to people. It's easy. Just talk to people. I have a friend of mine who's actually gone on to be with the Lord now. Um, he took me when I was a young evangelist and would take me and mentor me. He got Jesus into every conversation, everywhere. I mean, it was amazing. And he used, it was, he, all, he, he, he would always talk about being saved, 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 saved. I remember we, we went downtown just from store to store, and he would literally walk in and walk up to the owner and say, you saved? Like that, just put his hand out. You saved? And this guy said, well, I'm a deacon at the First Baptist Church. And he said, mm-hmm, you saved? <laughs> That's a good question, really. But I was with him one time, we were on an airplane, we were on Southwest where you don't get assigned seats, you know. So we were sitting beside each other, and there was a, 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 a um, seat beside us, and this lady said, is that seat saved? <laughs> he said, I don't know about the seat, lady, but I am. So you don't have to go that far if you don't want to. But at least talk to people. So number one, just talk to people. Here's number two, just invite people. Just invite people. Um, Jesus did this too. Uh, look at this, John chapter one, verse 35. Again, the next day, John, that's John the Baptist, stood with two of his disciples and looking at Jesus as he walked, he said, behold the Lamb of God. He'd said that the day before as well, when Jesus got baptized. The two disciples heard him speak and they followed Jesus. Then Jesus turned and seeing them following, said to them, what do you seek? They said to him, Rabbi, which is to say when translated teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. Now, what he's doing was just inviting them. Then they went and talked and, had, and he, they learned and he drew them in. But I'm just saying, he, he invited them. In other words, like um, um, someone might ask you, uh, what church do you go to? Come and see. Um, what, what's Gateway like? Come and see. What's it like going to a big church? Come and see. Just come and see. See, just, just invite people. Okay, so Jesus invites them and we stopped at verse 39 there. Look at verse 40. Then what, watch what they do. Verse 40, one of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, we have found the Messiah. In other words, come and see the Messiah, which is translated the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. He brought him to Jesus. Okay, so this next series for four weeks is bring a friend. M many times I do, it's called an outreach series. We, we, we try to reach out this time of year. School's starting back up. People have moved to the area. And if you've been here before, we do it at this time nearly every year. And we want to bring people to church so they'll come to know the Lord. But they'll only come if you bring them or you invite them. So this time I'm doing something a little differently. For years now, we've had Michael Jr. do one. Normally I do the other three, or sometimes I've done all four. But this year I just felt so strongly, three of them will be someone else, I'll do the fourth one. But here's the reason why. I'm doing that because it might be easier for you to invite someone to church rather than to hear me because they don't know how good I am. <laughs> they just think I'm the pastor, you know, okay? So, so they don't know until they come and see, okay? 
So uh, you can invite. So next week we have a Nick who's born, who was born with no arms and no legs. And this guy's phenomenal. And he, he is invited by governments, governments around the world to come and speak to the entire school system on bullying. God's using him. There are YouTube videos with him. Here's what I'm saying. There are YouTube videos of all three of these guys that are coming over the next three weeks. Pick a good one out and email it to someone and say, this guy is gonna be at our church this week. Will you come and sit with me and I will buy your dinner at any restaurant after? <laughs> do you know my father, he'd probably get in trouble now, but he'd probably still do it anyway. My father owned a company growing up. He used to give bonuses when we, we used to have revivals twice a year. He would give bonuses to any employee that would come to the revival. But many of them got saved. It'd be worth it. Wouldn't it be worth it to change the eternal destiny of someone to buy them one meal? So do, I'm, asking, I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you. If you want me, I'll get down on my knees. I'm pleading with you. Every member of the church, bring someone. For the next few weeks, bring someone. So we've got Nick, who next weekend, born with no arms and no legs, phenomenal speaker. He was at our men's conference. He's just phenomenal. Great testimony. Then we have Todd White. Now, Todd is uh, different, okay? <laughs> I mean that in a good way, Todd. I love you, buddy. So he's a member of our church. Todd's great. Todd's great. Todd was in my home this last week, okay? We were talking. And uh, we were praying together, and, I, and he talks to me often. I am his pastor. And so we talk, and he is fantastic. But you talk about a testimony. You're not even going to believe some of it. I mean, it's that strange. I mean, we're sitting there talking. He's sharing his testimony with me at lunch, and I was ready to get saved again. I mean, he's, it's powerful. And he's, he's winning people in the restaurant to the Lord. It's just that. So he's in my home, and we had an air conditioner guy there. We were having the, all of our thermostats changed out to the ones that you can control you know, on your phone. So for you young people, I now am in the 21st century, okay? I can <laughs> control my thermostats now by my phone, all right? I don't know how to work it. My kids have to do that, but I, I got it, okay? <laughs> so this guy's installing these thermostats, and I'm talking to Todd about something, and he looks over when this guy walks to the room, and he just keeps looking at him. And he's not, and I'm talking. He's not looking at me. I know what he's doing. He's hearing the Lord. If, you, if you've seen him, have any of you ever seen his YouTube videos? He's hearing the Lord. So in a minute, the guy comes back in, and Todd says to him, uh, hey, man, how you doing? He said, I'm, I'm doing good. He said, um, can I ask you a question? And the guy said, yeah. He said, do you have pain in your right ankle and your right knee right now? And the guy said, yes, I do. He said, and you've had it for about three years? The guy said, yes. He said, and your left shoulder. Do you have an injury to your left shoulder? The guy said, Yes. Todd said, would you mind if I pray for you? Prayed for him, and the guy gets healed right there in my home, right there in my home. This was last Tuesday or Wednesday, okay? <laughs> then, then, he says, hey, I need to pray for your wife for a minute. So he starts praying for his wife, and he says, the pain in her neck is just temporary. It's, it's just soreness. It's going to go away and she's not gonna have any more problems with her digestive system. And the guy's eyes got real wide, and he said, my wife had surgery yesterday. They went in through her neck. She told me this morning it was sore, but they told her that what they did is going to take care of her digestive problems. I mean, that's pretty specific. 
you know? And then, of course, Todd says to him, do you know the Lord? Well, he, yes, <laughs> you know, he's ready then, you know, and he did. He knew the Lord, but it was encouraging to him. Are y'all following me? So then Todd's going to be here. Then Michael Jr., come on, we all know Michael Jr. and love him. He's been on The Tonight Show, and he gave up Hollywood. Some of you don't know that when he called and told me that he believed God was calling him to come to Gateway Church and to start speaking more in churches, by the way, he spoke almost, he still does corporate events and some television things. He's done one movie. He's doing another movie now. He's done some things like that. But um, he, last year, he spoke primarily in churches. 28,000 people accepted Christ last year when Michael Jr. spoke. So, so he, I actually met him at one of our baseball players, a fundraising event, and, um, and started talking to him. And I told him, I said, you, you could use your gift for the Lord. And he said, I've never thought about it. He never even thought about that. And I talked to him about how he could do it. Now he does that most of the time. But when he called and said, I believe God's calling my family to move to Gateway Church, pray with me. So I talked and prayed with him. And at the, right after he said that, one of the major networks contacted him and offered him a million dollars a week for a sitcom. And he moved here instead because God called him to so I'm, I'm telling you, you can, the, all the, the, you can say to people, these are the guys coming. Come with me to church. Come and see. Uh, last night, uh, we went to a restaurant. Uh, yesterday was my, wife's, my beautiful wife's birthday. She's 39 again. And um, so, so we went to her favorite restaurant and... Um, one of the waiters grabbed me and said, oh, Pastor Robert, uh, love you and love the church. Said, I go to the Grand Prairie campus. So um, it's, it's amazing how they hoot and holler when you do that. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, but here's what he said to me. This was, this was uh, last night. Here's what he said. He said, someone invited me. The magic words. A recent Gallup poll. This is Gallup now. Okay, not Christian. Gallup poll, six out of 10 people said they would go to church if someone would invite them. Six out of 10 people. You, you, the odds are with you, okay? <laughs> invite someone, bring someone. Can you imagine if every member of Gateway Church brought someone over the next four weeks, how many people could come to Christ? So do everything you can to bring someone. Here's the, the third point is just witness to people. Just witness to people. So um, let me take the religiosity out of this, all right? First of all, don't change your voice when you witness to people. Okay. Don't get louder or, you know, demonstrative. Don't uh, use old King James. Thou art a sinner, thou art, you know. <laughs> don't use religious terms, you know. Uh, don't say I was transgressing against God's holiness, but the propitiation of his <laughs> sanctification. Don't, do, don't, just tell your story. Just tell your story in a normal voice. Be a normal person. Just tell your story. That's it. Think about this. Um, what is a witness? You've either been to court or you've seen it on TV. A witness is someone who tells what he personally has seen and heard. 
Anything else is hearsay. It's, not, it's inadmissible in court. Okay, that's the way the Bible describes it. Uh, let me read just a few scriptures. Luke 7, 22. Then Jesus answered and said to them, go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that you've witnessed, you've seen and heard. John 3, 32. This is talking about Jesus. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifies. Here's what's amazing. Jesus came to the earth and he was just a witness. He just told what he had seen and heard. Acts 4.20, right after Pentecost, they told him not to speak anymore in Jesus' name. They said, we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard, which we've witnessed. Acts 22.15, this is about Paul when he got saved. For you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. So the greatest apostle that ever lived was just a witness, and the Son of God was just a witness. Came to earth as a witness. He just told us about the Father, told us about the Father's heart. So that, it's that simple. And I've learned to share my testimony in one sentence. One sentence. I've, I've, I've just said to people before, I'll start talking to them, and I've just said to them, you know, I grew up going to church, uh, but got involved in drugs, and it wasn't until someone told me that I needed to give control of my life to God that my life changed. Just something like that. And, and they'll say, what do you mean give God control of your life? See, so it, it's just simple. So at some point, I want every person in the church to just step out and just share your story. Just, just share your story. Whatever your story is, that's the most powerful witnessing tool you have. You know, Paul, five years before he died, five years before he died, he was still sharing his testimony. I mean, he probably was all the way up to the end, but we know for sure he's standing in front of a king five years before he dies, and he says, listen, I was riding this horse and this bright light yeah, I mean, he just, he's sharing his testimony. And of course, the king's response said, you know, you've almost persuaded me to become a Christian by him sharing his testimony. It's the greatest apostle ever lived, still sharing his testimony. I, um, I was buying a car one time, and I was looking paper and internet and all everything, you know, for, for a used car. Found one that I thought was good and called a guy and was at a car lot and went and met the guy and ended up buying the car. But I felt when I met him, I needed to kind of reach out to him. I felt like I need to, I need to witness to this guy. But I'm just going to become his friend first. So I'd drive by every now and then and, you know, tell him about the car and talk to him for a little while and then invited him to lunch and, and um, you know, we'd start talking. And then I remember uh, he said to me uh, about the fourth or fifth time we met, he said, I don't even know what you do. He said, what do you do? I said, I'm a pastor. He went, like that. <laughs> and he said, you don't act like any pastor I've ever known. And I said, well, you don't act like any car salesman I've ever known. <laughs> and we laughed, you know. And so I said to him, have you ever gone to church? And he said, yeah, but I don't want to talk about it. I said, it's fine. I just want to be your friend. So we just kept on. And then later, we were talking one time, three or four months later, and he said, I think I'm ready to tell you why I don't go to church. I said, okay. He said, I never went to church growing up, and then I met this boy at school. I was about 12 years old, and he invited me to go to church. He said, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. He said, and then this boy, this boy I found out was the pastor's son, and then he said, one night, 
we were just horsing around, and we kind of just thought it'd be fun to like kind of trash one of the rooms. And he said, it's just stupid. It's just a stupid thing kids do. And we just trashed one of the rooms. I don't even know why we did it. He said, the next Sunday, the pastor called me up in front of the whole church. And he talked about what a bad influence I was on his son. And he told me in front of the whole church, you're a bad person. And you need to leave church and don't ever come back. And he said, I walked down the aisle of that church and I've never been back to church since then. And I said to him, well, you know, you told me one time that I didn't act like other pastors and I told you you don't act like other car salesmen. I said, would you agree that there are some bad car salesmen? Now, you're not one, but would you agree there are some bad car salesmen? They'll lie and they'll cheat, they'll steal, you know. Would you agree with that? He said, I would agree with that. I said, I want you to listen to me carefully. There's some bad pastors. Now, they're not all bad. But that one you met, that was a bad pastor. He was bad. And I said, you're not a bad person. And God does not feel the way that pastor felt. And he sat there for a moment. Tears welled up in his eyes. I found out later, too, both his parents uh, were deaf he wasn't deaf, but both his parents were. He set that table, and all of a sudden he said this to me. I think I'd like to go to church with you. And he came to our church and gave his life to Jesus. And the reason I told you about his parents is because his parents came and they got saved too. His whole family got saved. I'm asking you to make a difference. I'm telling you, God can do it through you, I promise you. I really want, for the next four weeks, I want us to bring people, I want us to invite people, witness if God leads you to. I also want us to pray. And let's ask God to bring people to Christ over these next few weeks, all right? Let's ask him to use us. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Just take a moment and just... You know, we always say, Lord, what are you saying to me through this message? And you can say that too, but here's what I'd like for you to do today. It's a little differently, a little different. I want you to say, ask the Lord, Lord, is there someone that you want me to invite over the next few weeks? I want you to ask him. I want you to keep praying that. I really believe God's going to bring someone or some people to your mind to invite. Well, I mean, we have people saved every year. Normally, it's a few hundred, but we could have thousands saved if we all, if we all took it very seriously and brought someone. So just ask the Lord, Lord, would you put someone on my heart that you want me to invite? And then let the Lord take care of the rest as we're obedient to him, all right? And we want to pray with you. If you're going through any type of difficulty, any difficulty, your family, your finances, some of you may want to give your life to the Lord today or give your life back to God. 
So if you need prayer for any reason at all, in just a moment, we'll have one more worship song. We ask that no one leave during that song because unless you have an emergency, we understand that because it's an important part of our service. And we're gonna have leaders at the front of every campus, every overflow room, wherever you're meeting, there'll be leaders at the front. There'll be leaders uh, beside all the exits at the second level at the South Lake campus. So if you need prayer for any area of your life, as soon as we stand up, you just stand up, step out and come. It's easy because other people are standing, so it's easier. You just come, make your way to the aisle, come to the front of the room where you are, and let us pray with you because there'll be leaders. If you're on our altar ministry team, you come as quickly as you can so you'll be ready to minister, right? So if you need prayer for any area of your life, then you come and let us pray with you, right? Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person at every campus who needs someone to pray with them right now. In Jesus' name, amen.